Hey, 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 welcome to Taylor Talks. I'm your host, Don Taylor, and I'm so excited to be here today with the infamous, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> Greg McDonald. <laughs> so he is the owner of Jackrabbit Contracting, co-owner of Align Home Design. He's an entrepreneur, but more importantly, he's a husband. He's a dad of three kids and just a really outstanding human being. So, Greg, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I haven't seen you in person for like three years. So just the fact that I get to see your face again <laughs> is amazing. Oh, thank you. It's really good to see yours too. So, Greg and I have a really cool topic today. One of the things that nobody talks about, or at least we haven't heard people talk about, is being entrepreneurs, being in business often we take on business partners and often that doesn't work out. And I remember years ago having someone say that choosing a business partner is almost more important than choosing your spouse. And if you ever have to break up that relationship, it is like a divorce. And this is something that Greg had to deal with. And so we wanted to dig into this today and really talk about what that looks like what he now has as a business partner, what the differences are in that way, but also all of the judgments and garbage that go into it and the thoughts of going into it and around the ending of that relationship and when you should know, like at what point do you know need to know that you should end it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So Greg, tell us a little bit about your story. So I have been an on and off entrepreneur since I was a teenager. Like whether it was like running my own paper out business or yep. stuff with theater lighting and rentals and stuff like that, just to try and make some extra bucks. I, when I first came out here from Southern Ontario, I was headhunted. I was off a really good job, uh, that moved into a management job. And then I just kind of like fell into this cog of this big machine where it became very apparent when like the housing market and stuff started to dip that you were no longer as important as you thought you were. And <laughs> Welcome to every job on the planet these days. It seems like zero security unless it's a government job, I feel like. Uh, yeah. And even when it's a government job, you're just wearing like a set of golden handcuffs and you're probably sacrificing something else. Like you're sacrificing like, happiness when it comes to some of those jobs because they're so draining and bureaucratic and like you just can't stand it every day like i remember like there were some jobs i was at and i had to like rally myself in the car just to get out and go to work that day i'm like coffee can only go so far and then after that you're like oh i just i just can't be here anymore yeah <laughs> <laughs> so red flag for anyone listening, if you have to rally yourself in a car to go into work in the morning, you probably need to re-examine your life choices. Yeah. And I feel like there's, there's going to be a lot of people being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate my job. Yeah, absolutely. I do that all the time. <laughs> oh, so many. So for you, that turned into how do I do this on my own and create this on my own to be my own boss? But in that, you took on a business partner. Talk to us about that. Uh, so I had a coworker at uh, that job that I had to rally to 
you know, show up to. Yeah. And he was kind of in the same place. Like we were both pretty young, had the ambition to do it, didn't have all the knowledge, but just kind of figured like, yeah, we'll figure that out. Uh, and then we just started to talk to people, started going on lunch meetings. I remember we used to always go to this same place and just kind of talk about like dreams of, you know, I think one of the biggest things that we wanted to do was go golfing every weekend. I think we went golfing once for uh, <laughs> a corporate event where you still had to be like on and working. Like, yeah. But it's just like one of those things where it's like, oh, no, like, no. We don't get to do any of this fun anymore because now we have to like focus on the business. And, yeah. and, uh, yeah, there was this, I, I got to a point where I was in a junior position, still making a senior salary and I could see the writing on the wall. Like I'd already, already been moved as like kind of like a shutdown guy of like, I was in this department, they shut it down and they got me to clean everything up. And then they moved me to another department. They shut that down, got me to clean that up. And then I got pretty much tossed somewhere else for a little while. Yeah. And I didn't want the leadership position anymore because my daughter had just been born. And I was just in a different place. Like I just, I kind of just wanted to go to work and keep my head down and do whatever I wanted. But at the same time, I just had this mentality of like, uh, this process sucks. I just want to make it better. So I would start to like question things in meetings. And that's kind of when I kind of figured out like, oh, you guys don't want to be efficient. You just want to do it your way because that's how you feel like you should do it. And you don't want to change. Like everyone, all the management was so resistant to change. And that, that company has now had like a 90% turnover oh, because of it. Yeah. I think the best department was like drafting department. So let's jump to like going into business. Cause I mean, obviously you picked the perfect business partner and it was dreamy and you're just, it just, you just killed it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I lost my job. Uh, he and I decided like, yeah, let's take this shot. Like it here anymore either. So he quit like a few weeks later, and then we started to do construction stuff. And we always had the focus of building homes. Renovations were good, but you would have had to have done a lot of renovations and a lot of the work yourself. And I was already pushing thirty, like thirty-five, and I'm now like thirty-six. So I was like early thirties when it happened, and. I just got to a point where like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm just starting out. I'm not 20 years old anymore. Like I can't do physical labor day in and day out. And I didn't see like uh, an end for that. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to focus more on building houses. He wanted to focus on renovations and increasing volume by, by profiting, by bidding low. Yeah. Performing high. But I felt like a lot of the weight of it uh, really fell on my shoulders on site because I looked after site. He looked after the office. He had help. I did not. And it was just me out in the field. And I was like, man, this is not. I remember saying my concerns over and over and over and it not going anywhere. And I just got to a point where it's like, all right, then I'm, I'm just going to sell you the company. So let's talk about that for a second. 
when you went into business, you thought you had chosen the right partner, you thought you had chosen the right, you know, person to go into business with. And this is really like what we're wanting to dig into today is in that moment when you were like, wait, I didn't choose the right person. This is not what I wanted my business to look like. This is not the direction I thought we were going in. There is so much like stigma attached to that. Yeah. Of like judgments and, oh, you failed or, oh, you couldn't make it work or all of these emotions. Cause nobody, nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about the fact that you're like, huh, no, I actually just need to make a hard pivot in my life right now. I need to change a lot of stuff. Where did your brain go with that? And how did you deal with those emotions that were coming up? Even though, because you and I both know you're super logical. Yeah. But there's still the behind the scenes of like, but I've marketed this business and people know me in this business. How did you deal with those emotions? Yeah, we were kind of at the two-year mark uh, of our business, which uh, there's a lot of statistics saying like, if you're if you make it past two years, you could have something like the, yeah. the likelihood of you moving forward into further years is like increases for the odds. Yeah. When we got to a point of, I might've picked the wrong person. It was very clear to me when I needed support and it wasn't coming because the, the response of it was, this is your job. This is my job. I'm doing my job. You have to do your job. And it was like, yeah, that might be the case, but it's our company. So at the end of the day, if my job is suffering, that means your job is also suffering. Yeah. And I felt like I couldn't get them on board with thinking with that mentality. Yeah. Since since then, that company has now been shut down and he partnered with somebody else and it seems to be going great. So a, as a friend, I I always wish the best of them because he actually partnered with a mutual friend of, of ours. But I just knew that their like his business ethic and mine just were not the same. And it kind of got into that repeating feeling of like, I have to rally myself to go to work again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is not enjoyable anymore. And it's when when jobs will lose their fun every once in a while. But when it becomes like a day to day thing, and you're not like jazzed about your wins that you get with your job. And it just all seems like it's doom and gloom. And you don't look forward to seeing that person anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a little different. It's also harder too, because like when you're partnering with somebody, you are typically nine out of 10 times you're partnering with somebody that you might have known a few years. But in reality, you don't know how they were raised. You don't know how, like where their core values are. And it kind of comes to light pretty soon after, like, cause you're with that person all day, every day. It's just like a marriage. Okay, pause right there. Say that again. It's just like a marriage. It is just like a marriage. Yeah. Like you have to love and respect that person and trust that person. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest. Yeah. And I don't mean like love, like kissy huggy thing, but it's just like, hey, no matter what, I got your back. You have mine. And we don't have to question that. 
with my current partner in my my current business, I feel that. But we also have like a 13 year relationship already. Like we went to college together. We have pretty much stayed in touch over the years, just because our building industry is very small. And I just have that trust because it's had more time to build on it. And I just I feel way more confident when it comes into that part of my current business relationship. But the that was one of the issues with the last one. Is I felt like I was never trusted by them. Like they just didn't trust they didn't trust me on like could have been the smallest of things. Yeah. But it just made things questionable all the time. And then that kind of reciprocated on me. And then I started to feel the same way about them. And things just started to deteriorate and fall apart. And you know, when I remember there was this one time where we had like a big conflict that needed both of us to be there and present. And I I just kind of got like the nope, your problem, not mine. See ya, I'm going home. And I was like, no, you, you can't do it that way. So it was hard. It was a hard decision because it was like you're you're losing a friend, or you might be losing a friend. Fortunately, like we are still friends and we still have a business relationship again. But even when we were business partners, we didn't hang out. We didn't have that type of relationship. Our wives don't hang out and stuff, and they could have a lot to relate with each other, like both being moms and everything, but they just aren't each other's cup of tea in <laughs> a few ways, I guess. And like, it's just, we never really took those opportunities to like sit outside and like go to the driving range or stuff on our free time. Like free time was used elsewhere. Work time was used at work. It, it, it was a very surface related surface level relationship never got into deep conversation never got into discussing our core values and stuff it was always like everything was questioned do you think that looking back had you had those times together had you done that sort of like build the deeper relationship and know those things about each other would you have been able to a either save it and continue to build it or would it have stopped you in the first place from ever even going into business with them? I think it's a hard it's a hard thing to answer because it's a it's a really big what if. Mm-hmm. And I always would like the to think the best of everybody, but I feel like if I knew a little bit more of how there was a like a few core values that he had that I didn't and the visualization of where he wanted the company to progress to and what I wanted to do that turned out to be very different things. Yeah. And there's always that excitement of starting up your business. Oh, always going through all of that. And like, I've had seven businesses now. Yeah. And all of them I've either built up to a point of selling for a profit or I still have them. And it's, it's exciting. It's always exciting starting it up. But I think like if I had the chance of like 
if I really knew that person, I probably wouldn't have gone into business with them in the first place. I would also change my business structure. So if it was like, it was my idea and I was bringing somebody in mm-hmm. to the, to the idea, I'm keeping more percent of that business. It's like, it's still, it, from now on, if I do a business, it's going to be my business. If I think that you're a good partner, you're coming along for the ride, but it's still like my thing. Like the core of it is my setup, the initiation, all that stuff. I don't have that with my other business right now. Like my business partner, who is amazing, she has a way different thought process than me. And she fills in all those little gaps that I don't have. Yeah. And then I'm typically I'm the muscle, I would say, when it comes <laughs> to like if we need to crack the whip on something or yeah. like just move forward and push forward and taking risk and I'm making sure that's a calculated risk, but I would say that she would be a little more weary of taking risks mm-hmm. just because this is her first business and i'm like oh we're successful when we take more risks <laughs> you're like i've done this six times i don't understand <laughs> yeah and i and i like i'm old i'm comfortable with fucking up yeah and i and i think that you need like really tough skin in the business to fuck up sometimes and be okay with it <laughs> totally when you do do something that costs you a lot of money it's a tough pill to swallow because like you could make go into something with the best intentions and it just doesn't work out. And it's not like it's a bad idea. It's just not the right time. And I know a lot of people saw that with COVID. Like, oh yeah, tons of people really that I know, really good business models, really good work ethic, really good ideas. It just didn't work out for them because it wasn't the right time. So let's talk about that for a sec. Because that's that ties into it, right? Is like the knowing when to quit. Yeah. Knowing when to actually walk away. And this is always my biggest challenge for people is release the ownership of your business. In terms of your identity should not be your business. Your worth should not be tied to your business, your emotional worth. Because when your identity becomes it, then if your business fails, if you have to change something. If something doesn't work, it very quickly can become like a, I failed. I didn't work. I couldn't do it. And so when you can separate the two, it's like, no, no, no. Your business is your business. It's your machine to do something, to make money, to help people, to whatever it is. But that whole idea of like, when do you quit? The course that you wrote that sucks or that nobody bought into, when do you actually just like, delete it and move on and release the emotional attachment to it, the business partner or the direction your business was going or, you know what I mean? Like all of those things where it's like, it hits you in the gut and you're like, oh, but I can't. That means I suck or that I failed or... Yeah. When when for you is that like, okay, this is when I need to move on. And then how do you fight that demon voice in your head? That's like, oh... You suck. You fucked up. I think you just need to have that optimist. 
Like have that optimism. Like you did it once, you could do it again. Just kind of calculate, calculate what are the pros and cons. Like I know people that, like you and I have done this in sessions where we do like a pro and cons board, and it's something that's so basic, but it just puts it right out there. And if your cons list is way higher, and you're rallying to get out of your car and go to work, or you don't feel supported, or you are in like $80,000 debt, and next week, bill collectors are going to come, sometimes filing for bankruptcy is the right thing to do. Like, Granted, I would definitely advise a person to make that possibly their last ditch effort because of the repercussions that come with filing for bankruptcy, but it's not the end of the world. Okay. Right there. It's not the end of the world, right? Like that's, that's so big. Like those few words that are so simple are so powerful. Yeah. And for me, I think about the things that I know that I can't change or the things that are important. So then I think of like, is my job affecting me as a husband, as a father? Because I got one shot with my kids and then they're going to become teenagers. I got one shot with my wife. And if we just, if we get to this point of like even just working all day, every day and not seizing those small opportunities to go on a vacation or do something. Our kids are going to be all 18, moved out of the house. And then it's just my wife and I again. And we all have nothing to talk about because we would have in the past like 18, 20 years, 25 years, we would have already grown into two completely different people than who we fell in love with. And that's, that's a huge thing. And it's weird that I'm like, you know, I've only been married for six years and I already know that. Right. (laughs) And like my parents had a good, relationship they had a like my dad's not with us anymore but my mom and my dad they fought they loved each other we went on trips we valued time together we valued time not together we had a mix of everything and my my both of my parents were very conscious of being present in things that were important to my brother and I and that is just something that I know that I need to do with my kids and my kids like I have five almost six-year-old three almost four-year-old and a two and a half week old and my kids drive me nuts half the time and then other times they are great other times I just look at them I'm like man I really hope you don't grow up to be an idiot and like Because what you just did was not the smartest thing. And I don't even want to deal with you right now. It's like, I I also try and seek my time, my time alone as well with my kids, right? I was at a friend's house last winter and his son was eating dog food. And he's like, he was like just over one. And I was like, isn't it amazing that he's going to go from that to you? Like at some point, he's going to be a full-fledged functioning adult. He's like, God, I hope so. <laughs> and like, I'll let my kids eat dog food every once in a while. It's yeah. a learning experience. It's not going to kill them. We all did it. Yeah. Yeah, we all did. 
And that's like, oh, like that's a big concern of what I have with like some of my kids' friends and just the way how they behave. And then I see like <laughs> their, I see some of their parents and most of the parents are pretty present, but it's, it's mainly the moms. Like the moms are there. The moms are looking after everything. And then I just kind of think like, where's the dad? Yeah. Like, where's the dad and all this? And I don't want to be the guy who's like, I remember like when I got disciplined and stuff, and my mom would always give you the wait till your father comes home. And Oh, that line is still here, that reverberating in my head. And that, that was my upbringing. And like my parents didn't hit us. Like they, they didn't do anything like that. They were both educators too. But I remember just like shitting myself sometimes when I did something really dumb. Right. And my dad would come home like just before supper and we wouldn't get the chance to deal with him. And usually a conversation at the dinner table where you have like no chance of escape for at least 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at back at business for a sec. And for someone listening who's like, shit, I'm in that position where I'm either my business is going in a direction I don't want it to go in because I got caught up in it. My home life is falling apart because I'm not, my values aren't right. Like my balance isn't working. And I don't believe that balance actually exists personally, but I still think it comes down to your priorities and what's really important to you. Right. And you make time for things or like, I really need to, you know, quote unquote, divorce my business partner, move on and do something different. What are some recommendations for you having gone from a business partner where you guys didn't align on values and didn't align on a lot of those things to having one that you absolutely love and adore? What are some of the things that somebody should be looking for in a business partner? I think one of the biggest things that you need to do when you're starting out is with a business with a new business partner is get a unanimous shareholder agreement going right away. Yeah. It really brings out... It, it's a good opportunity to, to kind of segue into where your core values are and where that person kind of sits. Unfortunately, like every single business that I've been in, political stance has always been a factor. And it's like... Yeah, like I'm not the type of person that's going to be all gung ho for Trump or Jason Kenney or, you know, Justin Trudeau or like literally anybody. Like, I think that politicians and stuff are there kind of as placeholders for a little give and take on different things. And like, there's the like each party usually gravitates towards certain things because that's what their supporters usually vote for them for. And then every once in a while they do like a good thing and it's just like, yeah, I don't support you. And but yeah, I kind of can get behind that. Still don't like you as a person. I probably still won't vote for you, but <laughs> yeah. At least it's like, hey, you you kinda you're speaking my language with this, and then you like cut a bunch of funding and something else that I that I also believe in, or my wife believes in, then I just think you're you're a jerk again. Okay, so politics. Yeah, so politics, core values. Like, if you're if you're a church going person, and your partner is too, and that was one of the things between my partner and I 
He was very involved with the church. I married a Mennonite. So I was at that time, I was still relatively new to like going to church every Sunday again. Yeah. Like I did as a kid, but then we just kind of stopped going pretty much once like my parents couldn't just toss us in Sunday school. They were just kind of like, we, you guys aren't sitting still on these pews. So we're out. And then that was it. Kind of like took back our Sundays. And I remember watching Sunday morning cartoons, which I probably learned more family values and having those chats with my dad and stuff and just having those heart to hearts than anything. So like that was a factor. I would say I, I feel like there's judgment that can go along with it if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. And then I'd say the other biggest thing is like, make sure you trust the person and like, you don't have to trust them on everything. You just got to have their back and, and I hope that they have your back too. Cause if they don't and you have like a crisis or you have something like really important to deal with, or even you fuck up, like, if you make a mistake and it costs your company money, you should not be ridiculed by your partner for that. It should be, this is a learning experience. What did we learn? Oh, our thing is to double check the order before we order 5,000 of the same thing and make sure the size is right. Because now you have a bunch of like tiny coffee mugs that are like this big. <laughs> and, like, I'm just using that as an example. No, for sure. But it, you just got to be get that person behind your back and if you're signing up for like things that like you know go on for like three years like we're a part of a magazine with our current company and it's okay but it's not exactly what i would have done but i also don't look after advertising in my business so i just kind of figured like yeah let's take give it a shot if we're committed for three years then we're committed for three years and i don't think it was the best idea, but something I got to live with now. And like my partner kind of, kind of agrees. Like she's like, yeah, it's okay. Like it's nice for us to be there, but we also need to do like extra advertising. And she's like the Instagram guru. So if you're ever looking at our company's Instagram, that's all her. Cause like I don't even know how to work my phone half the time. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not that type of tech savvy person. Yeah. I would say that. Those would be the biggest things. Yeah, I don't really have much else to add on. No, that's okay. I think it's something I've seen over all the years, right? Of doing like business coaching and different things I've done is, is like really know how they function. How do they deal with stress? How do they deal with anxiety? How do they deal like, what is their, how do they deal with anger? All of those things. And to have like such a solid ground of communication going into it. And often it's like, whoa, 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 slow down for a sec. And really also like check your intentions on why you're choosing that person and why you're wanting to go into business with them, right? Why you're wanting to go into business in the first place. So for myself, like I'll get asked to like write a course with somebody or do a program with somebody or do all those things. And in the past, I would be like, yeah, let's do it. And then I'd get into the middle of it and be like, oh, this, this isn't what I wanted, or this person doesn't work the way I want them to, or the communication is off or whatever, where I know even for myself now, I'm in the middle of creating a course with a friend and someone was like, why did you choose them? And I was like, 
because I know their integrity, I know their morals, their values, their standards, their ethics, what their intention is behind doing the course, why they're doing the course, the heart behind it. And those things align. Yeah. Those things 100% align. So even if we hit the skids on something, or even if something doesn't go right, or something is hard, I know that behind the scenes, like we're doing it in the same way. Yep. And then we can figure out the rest of it. Yeah. And like most partnerships, you end up dividing roles. We both look after our accounting and stuff. I look after, I'd say, some sales. I don't look after advertising because I don't have that mind frame. Totally. uh, Compared to my partner now. Yeah. And at the same time, I always try and make myself replaceable. And I, I would advise any business owner to make yourself replaceable because like, what if there is ever a time that you fall into a coma and you can't respond and your business partner needs to still run that business until you get better? It's like, that's what you're relying each other on. And it's like, I use it as a, as an analogy of like, you know, what happens if I get hit by a truck? So if I get hit by a truck, you open this folder, this tells you everything. Shows all the passwords to my stuff. You can access it and here you go. Yeah. And it's something like as simple as that. So like my family members, like if I pass away or something like that, my family members don't have to worry about that. Yeah. That's something that my partner can look after. And I would do the same for them if they were in a similar situation. And then you just figure it out. You move forward. Let all the clients know what happened and be open and honest. And we are very open and honest when it comes to all of our clients. Like we will not sugarcoat anything. And with doing like home design and stuff like that, everybody wants everything now. And we just tell them like, yeah, we're not starting your project for two and a half weeks. And then we make sure that we commit to that. So at two and a half weeks, when we say we were going to start... Then you can start. We're starting. (laughs) Because if you don't, then you lose your integrity. Totally. I think a lot of struggles, honestly, in business and in starting business is because the excitement factor is so big at the beginning. Oh, yeah. And the big dreams and that excitement, that endorphin, dopamine, serotonin, whatever, that rush is so fun. Like, let's be really honest. It is so amazing. But yeah, I feel like somewhere down the line, someone needs to be like, slow it down. Step back for a second. You need to look at your foundation of this. You need to look at the logistics. Go through the stuff you don't want to think about now and get those things done. Literally like slow it down for a second so it's not just all emotional and emotional decisions. And there's a bit more logic behind it. I remember like one of my first companies, I got so excited like doing a logo and I was like way too absorbed figuring out a logo and a slogan and all this other stuff. And I'm like, at the end now, I'm just like, does it represent the company? Does it look good? Will people remember it? Okay. That's it. I, I go for like, give me something timeless, but like, I'll, I have relationships with people who do that stuff for a living. I don't do logos for a living. No. I'm just like, this is what I want. 
give me something. And then usually they come back to me and are like, you know, dude, like you gotta at least answer some questions and like give me something. Don't yeah. just tell me to do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then you gotta think about it. <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm just saying that because we have a mutual <laughs> friend who did, who did my logo, and and I know, I know that I did that to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and then she came back and she's like, "No, fill out this questionnaire." <laughs> right. We'll give her a plug. Katie Dooley, Paper Lime Creative. She's outstanding. But yes, she needs more than just do it. <laughs> yeah, and she's great. She just still she still looks after like business cards and stuff for us and everything. And she did my contracting company's logo, and I love it. But I just remember the struggle I was having with like doing that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, and then I, I just got to a point where I'm just like, no, it's time to work now. So like, you know, logo, just finish it and, you know, actually maybe start making money because the bank account's getting a little low. <laughs> oh, it's so true though. We get so obsessed with like the little finite detail things sometimes because it's easy and it's fun and it's exciting and it's, but it's also, there's a feel that goes with it, but we can definitely become too obsessed with it. So to finish off our talk today, I'm going to ask you a bunch of little silly questions, but as kind of a cap up, if you're in those relationships, if you're in those situations, if you're in that work, that work or business situation where you're like dreading it, hating it, it's not aligning with who you are. It's not working for you. It's not the end of the world. No, don't worry about people's judgments on it because they don't know the situation. They're not in the middle of it. They don't know what's going on. Really? Who cares? We need to stop buying into those bullshit stories in our head of what we think people are saying or how they're judging or whatever's going on. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And Greg, you're a perfect example of as soon as you walked out of the hard of those two years, you managed to find something amazing and it was so much better. Yeah. So let's end this on some like just silly questions. We're also going to do a fun little giveaway in the show notes. You'll find that where we're going to just do like a fun little silly, like top five or top 10, like red flag things to look at in a business partner that should make you run for the hills. So Greg, what do you spend a silly amount of money on? Fast food. Oh, what's your favorite? Oh, i Favorite or what do I get the most? Because if, Ooh, if it's both. like, what do I get the most? McDonald's. Just because it's on the route to getting here. But nine out of 10 times I finished eating it. Uh, same as like McDonald's or uh, Tim Hortons breakfast sandwiches. Like yep. I hate Tim Hortons breakfast sandwiches. I'll probably still get one about once a month. Because I'm just like thinking like, oh, it, yeah, it might be better. But no, it never is. I would say my favorite fast food would be either chicken wings or pizza nice okay so we do need to know though what's your mcdonald's order uh big max with quarter pounders nice what is your secret guilty pleasure way to decompress like are you curling up on your couch watching like housewives tv shows are you playing a random xbox game what is your secret guilty pleasure way i stay up super late uh, after everyone's in bed and I know I should be going to sleep, but that's just my time. Guilty pleasure would be having a bath. And as a 36 year old man. Yeah. And I'm trying to like have this like 
masculinity thing. Like I will put the most potpourri smelling bath salts in that and just sit and digest. And then I'll watch Netflix on my phone on my phone or something like that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I try most- and stay out of the YouTube vortex of just video after video. Yep. Otherwise you'll just never get anything done. Oh, hundred percent. Best answer I've gotten for that, by the way, was like sex. <laughs> sex? Yeah. That's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Like a lot of it. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> what is one purchase of a hundred dollars or less that you've made in the last about six months that has most positively impacted your life? Uh man, what would it be? I buy new tools a lot. Yeah. Like I'll have a budget, like if I'm doing a job like for the construction company, I'll have a tool budget. And yeah. if I stay on budget, then I'll buy a new tool. So I got some stuff for like doing some furnishings and doing some cabinetry and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm slowly collecting like a number. I need like $20,000 worth of tools um, to build a house because we're going to tear down our house in a yeah. couple of years and rebuild. And I know I need like certain tools for it. So I'm just kind of made that list and I'm slowly oh, been crossing awesome. them off. And I get like such a win when I like cross one off. Yep. And I would say that. And it was like something simple, like a level. Like it was just a really big, nice one. Yeah. And I got to cross it off that list. And I was like super jazzed about it. And I'm like telling the kids, I'm like, you can't touch this. Like it, it is, it's dad's <laughs> and like dad needs to keep it in good condition. And I think they've now figured out like you just don't touch dad's tools. Yeah. Because they're also dangerous too. So I'm trying to keep them. To not touch things like Listeners, if you could see how his whole body and face like lit up over this tool he's talking about. Yeah. Okay, last one. What is an unusual habit or just like random absurd thing that you love? That I love? Yeah. Um my kids randomly dance. And like that's not my habit, that's theirs. Um is does that have to be one for me? Oh, we need one for you too, but that is awesome. Uh, random habit. I have a bunch that I don't love, like biting my fingernails. <laughs> yeah. I would say just building little random things for like functionality. Like, I know you love your Lego and everything. I really um, do. <laughs> my, my thing would be more the... I, I have a sectional in my basement and I had nowhere to put my drinks if I was sitting in the corner. So I built a little shelf and just mounted it to the wall. Oh, that, that is hold, too like, funny. Literally a bowl and a glass and that is it. And I just built it in a scrap piece of wood and I was like, yeah, this is perfect right here. And I love yep. it. I use it all the time. That is hilarious. I love that. That is good. So I would say that's one of the things I do. <laughs> that's awesome. My husband's like that. Be 3D prints at all. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much, Greg, for hanging out with us today. I really hope this episode challenges somebody and makes them really think about if they're in the right position in their lives. If they're not, reach out. Reach out to myself. Reach out to Greg, even. If you're like, okay, how do I do this? <laughs> how do I divorce my business partner? <laughs> One of us would love to give you some advice and let her walk you through that. 
Please check out the show notes. We're going to have a fun giveaway there for you. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. And if you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify. 